Well, good morning and welcome to the podcast, to the Church Office podcast. And we are really looking forward to having Anna on again. Uh, people loved having you on and uh, enjoyed hearing about Liverpool. Um, and today we're going to just chat about safeguarding and getting young people involved in our churches and serving and uh, building that into our culture. Um, so we've been working on a document together to encourage churches to kind of think about how they can get young people involved. Um, I know a number of churches are really, really good at doing this. Um, what, what, what's your church like, Anna, your collective like at getting young people involved? <laughs> so due to the sort of the age of where we're at, um, having sort of started out in 2009 with our original ch- church, and at that point having two toddlers, um, we're only really now just reaching the point where we have a reasonable number of teenagers involved okay um so we we haven't generally had huge numbers of teenagers wanting to volunteer to be involved in things um but that has it's in the last few years just been something which um we've begun to sort of explore the idea that you know some of i remember being younger and just loving playing with the the fresh age children and things um and so there are the same same dynamic with some of the young people we have that have that enthusiasm it's just how we how we plug into that and get them involved in things which um they would like to be involved with but also in a way which is going to be appropriate and you know going to work well for all involved yeah absolutely right because yeah you know most child protection policies aren't there protecting kids under 18 and um, you know, there's a real focus on on protecting them, and there are lots of policies in place. And I think our trustees, um, in previous years, have taken a decision that actually they didn't allow you know kids to serve in, say, a kids ministry or in other areas, because they were concerned about other kids maybe abusing other kids and and that being on the rise. How do we protect that? How do we protect those relationships that are happening, not just in the classroom, but you know, when they're hanging out outside after yeah. church and all those things that are going on. Um, and so it, the easy default is to go, actually, we won't have them serve and, you know, establish that kind of safe place, uh, essentially. And I, I understand where they're coming from. And, and for many years, I've sort of agreed with that. But um, at the same time, I've seen the effect where young people in our church have got a real desire to want to get get involved, want to express their faith, want to kind of serve the church. They're starting to kind of see mum and dad going, I'd like to do something like this. Um, and how do we kind of build that in? How do we accommodate that to make sure that everyone is safe? And I guess that's the kind of the conversation today is how do we do that? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, one of the things which is so key is that if we've got young people who are enthusiastic about wanting to do something in the church, then we really don't want to miss that opportunity because, you know, so many of the, so much of the rhetoric is that, you know, young people mm-hmm. aren't interested in church and, you know, they're falling away and they're choosing not to come so you know to 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 automatically sort of be fearful of the potential for problems that could bring um and then therefore shut it down just feel yeah like it's a real shame so yeah. the the fear is right you know it's important that we yeah. are really mindful of the risks that um having young people involved in ministry could potentially present but it's all about mitigating those risks and just being really carefully thinking through exactly what we're trying to achieve 
and how we're going to do that in the most appropriately appropriate way, keeping everybody safe in the meantime. Because, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's not necessarily always going to be the, the young people wanting to serve with other children. It could be one of our young people. I mean, this is where I'll reveal my own lack of expertise. Technology is not my forte. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm OK. I get by. I do what I need to do. Um, but anyway, in, the, in the era we're in right now where we're doing live services online yeah. and live services in person, you know, we need expertise. And yeah. the young people, they know it. They, they do. <laughs> they're yeah, the ones they that know how to do it. You know, we've got one young, young man in our congregation in Liverpool who knows far more about it than, than many other people in the congregation. And therefore, you know, it's a really good way of um, encouraging him using yes. his skills and just actually helping the church as well, you know, tangibly using that well. But that means he's working alongside other people on the PA tech team. So it may not be that he's working with children, but equally they're working with a young person. So it's all of that kind of, it, it's yeah. a bit of a complex complex situation. Yeah. You just need to navigate well. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I think we've we've put together a document that's available uh, to download on the church office website, and it's involving young people, and and I guess it kind of puts together, um, I suppose, a discussion paper that says, "Can we do this?" And here's a, a possibility of a way that we could apply this into our churches. And I know for us at the minute, this is something that I've kind of only just submitted to, uh, you know, to staff, and we've started talking the conversation with with one or two trustees that we can then sort of build a bit of momentum and say, actually, should we make this change? And and what does that do? So in the document, it just sort of outlines, you know, really what are some of the benefits to young people? And we know that volunteering significantly benefits the individual, doesn't it? It develops gifting and skill. And we know it's really good for them. We know it's really good for the church. Um, I love the fact that you could have different generations serving together. There's something quite exciting about that. Um, and there's huge benefits to the church, like you're saying about this young person who's good with tech. You know, we need people who are tech-minded. We need people who are creative, films, uh, graphics, artwork, all this kind of stuff is just, it's almost like a walk in the park for some young people. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and we need those things going forward, don't we? Because it's essential kind of to pass on or to give room to the next generation to how are we going to make this gospel get out to that age group how are we going to reach this this stage group with the good news of jesus and, and we need people involved in that and it starts earlier doesn't it than just 16 to 18 it starts much younger um yeah now, that's it there's real potential for them being much younger and starting out yeah one of the things that i noticed when we started putting this together was that um lots of organizations will take people at 14 to kind of individually serve on their own and there are lots of different voluntary organizations that kind of that's the kind of age where they go right there's there's a change there and we can begin to to kind of you know appoint young people into roles um and one of the things that we we took put in the document was actually maybe there's a way that actually young people could serve alongside their parents so yes that we want to protect them and we don't necessarily want to send them into situations where they're on their own. They don't know other people in the church and serving in a role. But is there a way that actually if mum's serving on generations and, and their daughter's got a real interest, that they can actually tag team together and go and serve together with the parent being sort of fully responsible, I suppose, for the child in the classroom? 
Yeah, and I think that was a really interesting idea because that wasn't something that um, we necessarily sort of landed on as being a solution to the, the potential issue. Um, but it, it's a really good sort of idea to have parental responsibility still maintained, um, but also in a way that allows the young person to have a bit more freedom than perhaps they would have done before because they are still involved and serving. Uh, but it just it means that the protection of that young person, the protection of, of their safe um, safe yeah. being is still involved with the parental oversight being there as well. So it's it's a, a really interesting idea, yeah. a way of making that work. Yeah, and I know not all kids and parents are going to have the same interests and you're going to have different things going on like that. Is is mum going to want to serve on the camera team doing media? Well, you know, maybe we can give room to that, you know. Um, and, yeah, or and, it might be that there's some sort of way of having, you know, a, a buddy system or something, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but some sort of, you know, in, intentional discussion where somebody else is willing to, to be that person's almost mentor with parental permission given... Yeah. You know, and, and the parents do need to be involved in at every stage in all of these sorts yeah. of discussions and plans because they ultimately need to be assured that yeah. the church is going to do everything they can to protect their child um, but also to give them opportunities to really develop their skills and their integration into the, ch- you know, the church life yeah absolutely right no I think it's great and what I've seen other churches do I guess which we've we're kind of questioning I suppose is that they've got the young people to kind of sign a you know the red that they've read the safeguarding policy to get them to sign to sign up to like a worker or helper kind of job description and 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 everything in the policy you know also relates to we're expecting workers to be able to to keep an eye out for kids who might be uh, receiving some kind of abuse that that those signs are there that we're checking um, that we're making sure that these young people are safe when they're in our care. Um, and so they're almost placing quite a big responsibility on the young person when they sign that to actually understand everything that's in that document. And I, I think that's a particular challenge going mm. forward. Um, I, I get the heart to get them involved, but actually the level that we're asking them to, to work at is, is far too high. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, there's so much complexity in the whole um the whole issue of safeguarding you know it it's something which as adults um on a professional level as a teacher in my previous job but also in this context with volunteers and adult volunteers mm. um it really takes a lot of um time and um, thought to actually in- ensure that we are interpreting all the various requirements upon yeah us as an organisation to ensure that safeguarding is done appropriately and done well Um, to expect you know a a young person to fully understand what that safeguarding policy is is setting out to them and what they're signing up for particularly to be signing up to to be almost taking responsibility for other children Mm -hmm. that is really huge Um, so I think there is a real need there Um, I think you've come up with a kind of an alternative route and that idea of having something which is in language that the, the children, the young people can access, that it's understandable yeah. to them. It's in a way which they will be able to really 
okay, yeah, thought it through. Yes, I'm okay with all of that. And yes, I agree to that. Yeah. And so that idea of, of making it more appropriate for their age group, I think is absolutely ideal. Yeah. There's two key things, isn't there? What is the, what are we asking them to do? So what's the job description? You know, and, and you're right, not having any responsibility for other children, you know. So if you're serving in a kids ministry, as a almost like a junior helper, junior volunteer, is that you're in there to get involved in the activity, set a good example, be on hand to help people, but you're not there to take kids to the toilet, you're not there to offer any discipline, you're not there to in you know, in almost bring those kind of areas. So the job description is key. And I think we came up with a kind of code of conduct, didn't we, that actually says, can we come up with something that that is appropriate to what we're asking them to do for the role? in a way that a parent could work through the document with their child and go, okay, yeah, I can I can understand this. I agree to this, you know. So the first rule, you know, golden rule, I think we put at the top was, um, you know, you're never alone. So you're never alone with a child, whether you're in the class or you're outside the class in the church. You know, that's the kind of golden rule, clear message. Yeah. It's easy to understand. And then we've gone from there as, okay, well, what, what other things do we want you to do um, to ensure that, you know, you're you act in just an appropriate way. So think about joking, thinking about phone use in the classroom, thinking about all these other areas. And we've put together this kind of code of conduct, which I think is a is a good starting point, isn't it, for churches if they're thinking about this? Oh, 100%. And it's, it's something which um, young people are going to be familiar with the concept of as well, yeah. maybe not in a church context. But, you know, most schools now will require pupils to be involved in signing a code of conduct as to how they're expected to behave and interact in a school setting. So it's it's not like it's an unfamiliar concept to young people either, which I think is really helpful. It's just applying it in this different context of church ministry. Um, and you know, all the different points that you've made are really important. Um, just, they're all pretty simple, but there's things that perhaps the young people wouldn't necessarily think about. You know, it's so innate to have your phone in your pocket and get your phone out. Those sorts of things just aren't necessarily going to be things that they would realise could create yeah. a potential problem for them. Um, you know, and, and aspects about how they behave and interact with it with the younger children to ensure that they're not feeling like they're um, being picked on or made fun of. Yeah because yeah. they don't understand it in the same way that they would. You know, it, when you've got an eight-year-old and a 14-year-old, they are going to have a difference in what they understand as humour or anything else. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, really, really key things to just help the young person, but also to help the, the people they're working with for it to work well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And we can, we can offer the training to the workers and say, you know, yeah, mum and dad are going to be in the classroom with their with their child they're volunteering here's their code of conduct here's what we're asking them to do and here's what you know we expect you to not ask them to do other things you know so don't take kids to the toilet that's not what their job is for um so yeah there's there's a whole lot of training isn't it and updating that has to go if, if we begin to update and introduce these you know these these roles into the church um safeguarding is it's got to be an ongoing training place anyway isn't it like you're saying for professionals it's hard enough job anyway yes exactly and you know it's, it's constantly evolving and being updated and refined rightly so you know things mm -hmm. yeah. all the time are, are changing and society is always going and going to sort of be evolving in how it interacts so therefore we have to ensure that safeguarding measures 
keep a pace with with those changes um but that's where it does become just complex to make yeah. sure that we're we're all at, at the very least compliant and if not much better than that in terms of yeah. keeping everybody in our churches safe whether they're young or old you know that's yeah. that's the fundamental importance of it you know yeah absolutely right safeguarding isn't always the most exciting topic for people um i did some training a few months ago where somebody sort of re- reframed it a little bit and just said actually um that we should be viewing safeguarding in a church context as um being biblically faithful in mm-hmm. ensuring we're we're safeguarding well yeah so it's not just about the legis- legislative side yeah. of it it's about making sure that biblically we are being faithful in how we treat and interact with all the people in our churches who could yeah. be vulnerable in some way so you know let's get it right let's do it, do it as well yeah. as we possibly can yeah no i totally agree absolutely right um, and, you know, like I've said before, I think you, you've got to make the connection from policy to the gospel in the sense yeah. that if you want to reach out to the next generation with the gospel, you need a, a safeguarding policy in place, you know, and implemented yeah. correctly. So you can tell young children about the good news of Jesus. And, and it, it just shifts it up the list and say, actually, this is a real priority that we've yeah. got to get these things in place, um, not just to protect the message of the gospel and the opportunity to share it, but also protect those who are serving in, in our churches, aren't we? You know, without a policy, Absolutely. we don't protect those who are volunteering as well. So th- there's a lot of things going on here. And um, for churches, if you don't have anything in place, then there are charities, there are places you can go and get model policies. There are lots of places you can get training from. And um, I'd certainly advise any, anyone to pursue those sort of avenues really. Yeah, definitely. One of the other things that we talk about in the document, which is great, is to uh, appoint a sort of, um, not just a youth worker, but a kind of a volunteer, a young volunteers coordinator. And um, I've been thinking about that this week and thinking, actually, this could make a real difference. That The young people had a place that they could go and find out about all the roles across the church where they could serve and be supported, yes, by their parents, but also have a coordinator who could offer some support and training as well to young people. What were your yeah, thoughts re- on that? Yeah, it's a really good idea to have someone that is visible and known as that's the person you need to speak to. Mm. I think with with all aspects of church service, if if you know who you need to go and speak to and it's made clear, um, then you're more likely to have people really wanting to get involved and buying into that idea you know if it's if you're not quite sure who you need to speak to to get to serve on a on a specific team area then um the likelihood is you'll go home again that sunday and forget about it till the sunday after and then oh so actually if you've got that person in place who the young people know and the families know that's the person to go and have a conversation with about um how does it work what what's involved what safeguards have you got in place what are the benefits of it? Just those those questions that people are likely to have. Um, and you have someone that's hot on that, you know, that really knows and has a, yeah. a passion for that, then that's going to really help um, oh, massively, yeah. recruit people in a really positive way because they're going to really want to um, get involved if, if you're being told enthusiastically about all the things that are being done to make it work well. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's all about making sure that um, people get those clear messages, I guess. Yeah, 
yeah oh, absolutely right yeah i think it's great i just i picture in our church you know 10 15 20 kids coming together who uh, you know sitting around a dominoes receiving some you know code of conduct training from a volunteer coordinator and, and then deploying these these kids into different roles you know i just love the yeah. thought of you know we've, we've we've got no young people that are serving on our welcome team you know just think why have we not adopted this you know wouldn't it yeah. be wonderful for families to be there welcoming folk uh, things like yeah. communion we've never got the kids involved in distributing communion um, and it, it, it's it'd be a really simple and brilliant way to get them involved and actually then teaching them what what's happening why it's happening the biblical perspective about communion as as we go along as well um, totally. so there's just so many areas isn't there that you can actually think right we could actually deploy young people into yeah and in terms of, you know, <laughs> on a lighter note with that, but in terms of actually getting young people involved and enthusiastic about something, bringing dominoes or other food stuff yeah. is always a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can bring some sweets along the way. I'm sure everyone would love that. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, it's an interesting thing. So the, the document is available on the church office uh, website. Download it. And it might be that you, uh, you know, you listen to this podcast and think, where do I go with this? It might be a discussion with your elder it might be a discussion with your trustee um, it might be a discussion with your staff member and and the papers there to use for people who want to put forward this idea who would like to see some change in their church and uh, we'll keep you posted on how it goes in in our church you know I, I know a few trustees have looked at it over the weekend for me and saying oh what about this what about that and and um, you know I think the document answers all those questions but I think one of the other questions they're asking is about DBS checks and I think you have to be 16 don't you in order to get a DBS check um, so there are some things like that that we need to think about as well. Yeah and the DBS checks are really important but um, like you say the age lower age limit on those does make that less applicable in this context um, but equally you know hopefully there's ways ways to make it work yeah. until that point can be reached and then move it you know, move it into the more adult realm as they reach the older yeah. teen years yeah absolutely right yeah and uh, you know there might be occasions where you know if someone one of the you know 12 year old wants to serve on the camera team maybe it's appropriate for the camera team to to chat to them and say look we want to give young people the opportunity would you all be dbs checked where it yeah. might not necessarily be a role that you would check for because um, they're not directly working with kids in the same way um, but it's worth thinking about that as well <laughs> well we had a few technical issues but we're back um, we, were, we were talking about uh, DBS checks and young people say in, if they're serving with a parent in a kids ministry it's easy because all the staff and workers in in those areas are DBS checked. Um, but if you're going to go wider with a young person, say a tech team or a camera, or maybe working on a kind of creative side of things, then then maybe it's worth considering, you know, DBS checking some of those that are working with the young person in that context. And maybe that's a conversation to have. Yeah, it's it's one of the conversations I've been having with our team in in Liverpool more recently actually is just actually where do we sit in terms of ensuring that we yeah. are doing the best we possibly can in terms of safeguarding yeah. so the example I gave earlier about a young lad you know helping out with the tech team that really d does mean that anybody that's working alongside him on the technical team should be DBS checked because yeah. you know he is still a young person 
age 15 he is at the, of an age where he would be um, needing to have that protection um, so therefore the tech team really should be um, going through that process of safeguarding mm-hmm. training and having the DBS checks done um, and I think my my view at the moment um, as much as this, this does create significant administration mm-hmm. um, is that perhaps we need to consider in churches where you do have teams of people serving in different ways you mentioned welcome before technical side musicians those sorts of things where you might well bring on young people as they become willing and able to serve in those ways um but also you might have people who are serving in those teams as adults who for various different reasons could be classed as vulnerable um yeah in some way you know i think that the traditional view of safeguarding children and vulnerable adults is often um, a bit of an assumption that vulnerable adults are people who have specific needs themselves but what's happened in recent times really I think it's become clearer that adults can become vulnerable for a whole host of reasons and they might only be vulnerable for a certain season you know where Mm -hmm. maybe mental health is difficult or something else has happened in their life which makes them in a more puts them in a more vulnerable position Um, but with that in mind, um, it's for me a little bit of a you know, dis- discussion going on about whether we move to having everybody serving on a team in a church context, mm-hmm. undergoing safeguarding training and having a DBS check, just to ensure that we are trying to take um, a beyond reproach approach to it, yeah. as opposed to necessarily just ensuring that we're compliant. Yeah. Um, and. You know, that, like I say, that does have administration issues attached to it. it does have yeah. cost issues attached to it. Um, but I think it's a discussion that's worth having with leadership teams and churches to make sure that everybody um, is aware of why safeguarding is important and, and how to yeah. go about it in a way which works works best for everybody in the individual context you're in. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely right. I think it's great. And I think we started the conversation by talking about culture isn't it and and it isn't just you know getting a few families or a few people involved but actually it's a whole culture so how can we serve one another and by serving one another it means getting a dbs check where you think well maybe i don't need one because i'm doing tech but actually by you having one will enable a young person to get involved in the team um, which makes this generational, which means that we can pass the gospel on to the next generation. So there, there are all these little links that we want to consider, you know, consider exactly. and, and build a culture than, you know, just, you know, functional, just making everything functional and easy for ourselves. But yeah, it does. It is going to create some work, isn't it? It's going to add things to our list <laughs> each That's week. It. We'll have a list, though. We'll have those lists. <laughs> yeah, those lists. We never get to the end of those lists anyway. So what's another item on there? Which is great. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's good. Well, do you know what? It's been really, really interesting discussion, and I hope listeners have, have found it, and and maybe it's provoked them to think more differently about getting young people involved. And, are there ways that we can do? And I, I know we can certainly give an update um, from our church and how it's going. And we'll hear an, an update from Anna as well. Um, but again, please send in your questions. Um, you know, we're not uh, experts in, in safeguarding, but we, we want to try and facilitate young people to serve in churches. We, we want to be passionate about that. Um, so please send your questions in. And if we can't answer them, then we will refer them to, to others. Uh, we can bring an expert in who 
offer safeguarding training all the time. Um, we've got contacts and links to those people. And and um, if it's been a while since you've been on any safeguarding training, then then please hear our message before just how important it is, not just to protect young people, but the link to the gospel and ensuring that we pass on the gospel to the next generation to enable us to do that. So, uh, Anna, again, it's so lovely to talk to you, full of lots of experience, not just like from operations, but also your teaching, which comes into play here as well. Um, so grateful for your time and wisdom. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been, I've really enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, it's great. I think you'd be great. And if there's anything else you want to talk about on the podcast, we'd love to get you involved. And um, just thrilled that, you know, kind of through our conversations, you know, our churches will link together and partner together in different ways. And, and I love the fact that we're just about the same thing. And uh, Absolutely. yeah, enabling the gospel, enabling and serving our pastors yeah. to, to do a great job. So, uh, so again, thank you for that. Thank you for those who are listening to the podcast. We really appreciate your support and your encouragement and just thrilled by the numbers. And we do hope today's conversation is a blessing to you. All right. Well, take care and we'll listen, speak to you soon.